Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson and with me tonight as always are Tiege and Schnell. How are you guys doing? What up, Hive Mind? <laughs> just never, it never gets old. Hello. <laughs> hey, there we go. Now I need a catchphrase. God damn it. Everyone's got one but Nelson. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I can't even try to force... Never mind. <laughs> Whoa. Get yeah, consent was... for a catchphrase. Okay, there we go. Yeah, you you never want to force it. It's uh, we, Consent we is sexy. Our God talk. That's true. That's true. So we're back after a, a brief hiatus. Uh, life got in the way, as is want to happen every once in a while. But we're back, and we're here to talk all about magic. Next weekend, we've got pre-release for Corset 2020 coming up. So you can expect our next episode to be a recap of that weekend once we all get through and, and, and pre-release. But uh, before that, we are going to talk about corsets in general and then... Uh, you know, are they important? Why Why is it good or or maybe not that Wizards has kind of brought them back into regular rotation? And we're also going to talk spoilers and uh, some spoilers that, you know, sometimes when you look at them, it's, is this thing real or is it not? But before we get into that, let's get into what we've been up to lately. Tej, you signed in first with me, so you go first. What have you been up to lately? <laughs> There's really no reason to, I don't know. It just is. is. <laughs> Tej... Teach by default. You go first. What uh, what have you been up to lately? Deal. Um, me. Uh, I've uh, even though we are uh, well into M twenty things, I'm still adjusting to Modern Horizons. <laughs> we all are, right? Uh, so, uh, ooh, Modern Horizons. Uh, it disregard that. It disregard what? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Modern Horizons brought a slew of brand new cards into uh, the world, as we all know, and uh, whereas it might not have shaken Modern up as much as we were led to believe that it might, for me personally, it did shake up a lot of current EDH decks that I have. So I've been fine-tuning all of my decks just a little bit in terms of Modern Horizons. What I mean by that is Modern Horizons brought us, uh, uh, brought me, I should say, since we're talking about me and and, uh, what I like, they brought me talismans and they brought me those uh, canopy lands or whatever you would like to call them. So I've been deciding whether... they're called... Yes, or Horizon Lands, whatever. Anyway, um, so I've been tuning my decks towards those. And what I mean by that is it's not going to be what you think. One of the, as, as big a fan as I am of two mana mana rocks, the complete cycle of talismans really gives every single deck out there new options for cheap mana ramp that you can run. But what I found is it also kind of makes everything the same. Like I've got a I've got a deck that I'm gonna start on here pretty soon once everything calms down with new cards and whatnot. Uh, it's going to be Mardu Super Friends. Uh, but I'm already thinking about it and what I want to put in and everything. And with red, white, and black, my ramp options aren't uh, as varied as they would be if I was running green. So in every deck, I like to start out with uh, at least 10 mana rocks or 10 ramp spells in my decks. Uh, And with complete set of signets and a complete set of talismans plus a soul ring, that's seven slots already eaten up for those 10. And I found that if all my three color decks have the same seven cards in them, then there's really no variety. Then everything is kind of the same, just with different colors. And I kind of didn't like that idea. So what I ended up doing was going back through all of my decks and changing things. Uh, I took Soul Ring out of a lot of decks, uh, mainly the ones that have green in them. I took out Signets and Talismans from a lot of decks, mainly the ones that have green in them, and I added different cards in their places. That way it gives my decks different varieties while still sticking to the theme of the decks. Uh, The two that I have off the top of my head are Rift the Awakener, Rift likes to have colored permanents on the battlefield, which Soul Ring and Signets and Talismans are not. So I took uh, I took those artifacts out and put in cheap mana dorks like Llanowar Elves and Birds of Paradise and and enchantments and things, and that sticks with the theme of the deck. That adds more 
colored permanence for Rift to count up uh, and helps the deck synergize just a little bit more. Yes, the deck might be better statistically with a Soul Ring in it, but that's not how I don't want that in the deck anymore because it's in every other deck that I have. And the other example I have is, what is it? Intet, Intet the Dreamer, uh, which is another green deck. Uh, so there's a lot of different options in there for ramp. But for that one, I specifically went for cards that let me tutor for lands. Because Intet likes to play with the top card of my library, and the more shuffle effects I have in there, uh, the more options I have of cool things I can play off the top of my library. Which again, Soul Ring and Signets and Talismans don't give me as much variety as like a Rampant Growth or a Sakura Tribe Elder, which allows me to get a land and shuffle when I need a shuffle effect. So that's mainly what I've been up to. I feel like I've been talking a so lot. So your decks are... Your decks are becoming more standardized and more boring, is what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, no, just the opposite. I'm trying to oh, make okay. them less standardized <laughs> and less boring. Well, but I mean, if every deck has, you know, the exact same template and now with the new mana rocks and everything else. Right. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly my point. That's what I was trying to uh, get away from. Okay. okay. Certain decks, like like my Teneb deck, which is specifically designed to be the most competitive deck that I have. That's got the Soul Ring in it, that's got some Signets and some Talismans, but that's because I have specifically designed that deck to hit the ground running and don't let up until I win. But not every deck is tuned quite like that one is. So I feel like having more variety for these sorts of different decks is going to be a good thing overall, even if, technically speaking, decks are weaker without a Soul Ring in them. I'm okay with that. That it for you? That all, That's it for that me. all you got to cover? All right, Chanel, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, I rage quit Oathbreaker, finally. <laughs> I think I'm done with that format because it has turned into an asshole's arms race for all the people that I've played with. <laughs> and, Ren- and Renin 6 with crop rotation as the signature spell so that you can constantly just strip mine all of your opponent's lands. I'm not playing that game anymore. Yeah. It was (laughs) entertaining in theory at the beginning. And it started out with everyone, like a lot of guys going, oh, okay, Nicol Bolas and uh, Elder Spell. And that way I can, you know, board wipe everyone else's Oathbreakers and then just start eliminating other players from the game. And then uh, there was one guy at the shop who did... One of the Karns and All is Dust as his signature spell. So he basically <laughs> just built a Tron ramp deck. And then it was, ah, eh, that wasn't good enough. So now a couple, uh, or at least two or three people have gone with the Renin 6. Well, as of turn two, I can just start eliminating all of your lands forever. And I played against that once. And now I'm done with this format. Like, every, every <laughs> yeah. fun element of magic boils down to okay well you build your deck to try and offset the you know statistical probabilities of not getting what you're looking for but just having a pre-built combo readily available and being able to fire it off now like he turn one mana ramped turn two blew up my land so it was my turn one was land go turn two was i have no lands in play i just scooped everything else I just scooped up everything and just left. Like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, yeah it was, that's kind okay, of what this, I thought. This, uh... this format is, yeah, it's reached It's reached critical mass. I'm done with those. Yeah, right, here. here we go. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen with it anyway. Uh, I built a deck. I played a couple games with Chanel. It was fun, but that's because neither one of us was doing broken things. Yeah. And uh, I was a little excited to try it with a group of people, like the format was allegedly designed to be played with. But everything I've been seeing about Oathbreaker is is exactly what you said. How strong can I make this and how fast can I win? Which is kind of how some people build their EDH, right? But EDH is 100 cards and you only get one card in the command zone. Like like Chanel said, if you can put a combo right there in the command zone and it's cheap enough, no one's going to have any fun. Yeah. 
Yep, that's very true. So, I so other than that, uh, <laughs> other than rage, other than rage quitting an entire format, um, I'm very excited for. <laughs> I'm very excited for what standard is going to do with M uh, with M20 now coming out. I'm, I'm I don't want to say 2020. Yeah. I'll just say M20. But with that coming out and then the rotation on the horizon, my current standard deck. It does not win FNM, but damn it if I don't have fun and get far enough like playing it, because I'm still running Blue Black Amass, and because we were just restocked on Japanese War of the Spark this week, uh, went through all, all of that already, an entire case gone in like a matter of three days now. Wow. Everyone's cracking, like I had two guys buy the last two boxes, and then the last three packs from the other box sold today, so I'm out. But everyone opens their packs, takes their alternate planeswalkers, takes any other random rares that they want, and then they just leave everything on the counter. And they went, here, you can have these. So I've got, like, probably 1,500 random Japanese War of the Spark commons and uncommons. So I am slowly translating all of my blue-black amass that I can into Japanese. <laughs> into Japanese, that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so I've got my Lazatep Reaver, or, uh, yeah, Lazatep Reavers, Lazatep Platings, Callus Dismissals, and, and, like, everything that I can get. I have to go, okay, now this card does this, and I've memorized it word for word so that when I'm playing, people go, wait, what does that do? Like, it does this, and if you don't believe me, you can look it up, but you should believe me, because why would I lie to you? I'm playing a mass. <laughs> I'm not power gaming. <laughs> I'm just doing stupid crap for fun. On on top of that, though, and we've been kind of discussing this at the shop over the last week or so, um, officially, Wizard says London Mulligan takes effect as of Core 20 releasing. We've started, I was I was hesitant, but I'm like, okay, all events going forward now, as of this past like week and a half, we will be implementing the London Mulligan rule right away, so that it doesn't take everyone, you know, off guard the night of the pre-release, when the set, you know, becomes available or whatever. So we're easing into it. The more I play it, the more I'm okay with it, but I think it boils down to it makes better players great and worse players don't benefit from it as much because they're not as good and they're not going to make the best decisions. And I think I'm liking it because secretly, and don't tell anyone, I'm probably better at magic than I think I am. So, for example, I played against Mono Red Burn, and I had a decent opening hand, but I mulliganed. And with the London Mulligan, I get another full hand of cards that I can start sculpting down. Well, I got two less attack platings in, so as soon as my opponent wanted to have a turn where they deal me, like, nine points of damage, I just went, no, you deal me nothing, and I get a guy that you also can't hit. And then next turn, guess what? You're going to try and do it again? Nope, my other Lazatep plating. Please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. So being able to stack my deck or stack my hand specifically against particular matchups with a deck that does a tiny bit of everything with a mass because i mean it's a little bit of control it's a little bit of answers it's a little bit of aggro it's the deck has been better since the london mulligan has allowed me to get exactly what i need against my matchups so i'm coming around to it begrudgingly good nice I'm glad you're coming around. And I'm glad that you're uh, starting to implement it now. That's a good idea. We should start doing that. Uh, yeah, we should start doing that for EDH this week, I think. Beer bell. Beer bell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think... Think that's all I've got? Chanel, you were going. You were talking last. Oh yeah, time. I was. I was talking. I was talking. Uh, standard and London Mulligan. Uh, I think the only part that I would add to that is, as far as what I've been doing and what I am up to, I am trying not to get completely overwhelmed by Wizards' absurdly, or maybe it just feels absurdly condensed release schedule of things now, because I'm fairly certain War of the Spark just came out and then modern horizons took all of my money and now that i'm bound like i'm back up to like slightly above zero at this point the gideon spellbooks showed up out of nowhere and then m20 shows up next week already but they sent me planeswalker decks and (laughs) at this point i've had several people go yes i will be getting a box and i went cool 
uh, do you want to prepay and save like five bucks? Save five bucks on it, and they go, no. uh, I will have to pay you like the day it's out because I'm all out of money from everything else I've bought lately. Like between even just uh, Modern Horizons and the spell books being so close to everything. Customers are tapped out magic wise as far as like their disposable income. So wizards, give us give us like yeah, two it's... give us two or three like pay periods before the next goddamn product. <laughs> I was yeah, I was I was legitimately thinking about that in preparation for the recording here. Uh yeah. because like I said, M twenty is just about to come out and I'm still making adjustments from uh Modern Horizons. Yeah. So uh, I thought about it, and I went back, and I actually checked, and the only the only thing is that it's summertime, and they're trying to throw a lot at us for the summer. Uh, the nice thing to, is, though. at least there's a two month break before Commander no, stuff comes out. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. Yeah. They don't need to. They need to pick. Yeah. They need to pick uh, different times in the year to set things out. Like we don't have to have everything at once. And also, I think a lot of it has to do with like. Like like preview seasons, like everything need for some reason has to have a preview season. Yeah, and I was thinking, and that's I was thinking about that's this. the other thing that kind of bugs me. Normally, we get uh, stores. We the royal we because we're all nobles <laughs> we're or some shit. Stores. I don't know. Yes, we're all stores here, right, guys? No, normally stores get like buy a box promos and other like m- promotional material ahead of time. Like a couple of weeks ahead of time, we'll get, you know, the buy a box promos at the very least so that we can start going, hey, this is coming up and you can, uh, you know, order yours and secure your buy a box promos. And what I usually do is I will stick people's buy a box promos in a sleeve and then write their name on that sleeve so that it's a little like physical receipt that I keep at the store in addition to whatever receipt they choose or elect to get or not get. And that way I have a hard copy. This person needs to pick up their box yet. And I didn't get buy box promos until like three days ago with the pre-release being a week from now. Just because I had heard, well, with the, whatever thing they're doing now, they're trying to control the flow of information and they don't want to give stores stuff too early because then their spoiler or the, the spoilers are all out of order and blah, 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 blah with the new like promo packs that are going on with new cards in it and i'm more than willing to sign an nda and just go yeah i won't tell you shit if i can just have the stuff and some peace of mind with this rapid fire release garbage that's going on just give me a minute to like process everything and have the thing so that i'm not panicking staring longingly out the window for the friggin' ups or fedex driver to bring me what i need it's like because i know i pre-ordered boxes where's my promos like yeah, I was going right, to say that's... is no, it's all right. What I was going to say is like a normal, like a normal preview season. It it uh, we get we get our first previews two weeks before uh, pre-release, and then we get we get uh, a week of previews, and we get another week of previews, and then that Friday before the pre-release is when the entire set is revealed, and then we have a week leading up to pre-release to look at all those cards and study and decide what we want to do for pre-release. And then we have the week after pre-release before the whole set comes out. So there's like a month before the actual set is released when we start getting stuff. Yeah. Uh, but now we live in a world of of of, of conventions and and taxes and and tournaments and everything, and everyone wants stuff now. So then we start getting uh, previews before preview season starts. Yeah. Uh, like we got our first M20 previews before Modern Horizons was actually released. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's we're getting too many previews. I think is what it is. Uh, yeah. They need to space out supplemental things too a little better than throwing it all at us in the summer. Because uh, what's going to happen is is uh, uh, December is going to hit and we're not going to have anything. <laughs> yeah, like some of this would have been good Christmas stuff, right? But uh, it's summer, so they have to throw everything at us for summer, and then yeah, what well, I was gonna yeah, spellbooks would have been a fantastic like holiday. Yeah, right, like a little... Holiday um, release item. Yeah, short release. Hey, here's a holiday special. Yes, and not just Christmas. Uh, throw a few more cards in those spell books, and then parents can get them, and then every day of uh, Hanukkah, you just get another card from it. 
And eventually you get rusted. I was just going to say that we don't even have to put any. We don't have to put any more in there because there's already eight in there. I don't know how many nights of Hanukkah there are. I'm it's sorry. Eight. There are eight crazy nights. Ah. Nelson, what have you been up to? Yeah, so I have been up to a lot of arena, uh, actually. And, oh, let's see, what have I been doing? I decided that I wanted to build just some... I, I wanted to have fun with it. I, I was I was watching Mythic Championships when they were on last week uh, over my birthday, and it was fun to watch. The finals were awesome. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go back. Uh, Brad Nelson has to win two matches and sweeps the first match. They go to, they go to match two and he wins the first game. And it's just like, Oh my God, Matias is going to get smoked. And then Matias just, I mean, unbelievable comeback wins and, you know, wins a hundred grand. It, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch, but I was watching those and I was like, okay, great. So there's a whole lot of Esper here, big shocker there, a lot of Esper heroes specifically. And then, you know, the Simic Nexus deck and, and whatever. So I decided, Hey, I want to play something that's totally stupid, janky, disruptive, whatever. So I built uh TJ actually, we were talking about uh, I believe it was just new Corset 2020 stuff, and one of them is a red card that does some discard shenanigans. Forget what it is off the top of my head, hmm. but you showed it to me, and I was like, "Man, I want to." Yeah, that guy. I, I want to make this work in arena. Like, I love to play discard. It's a lot of fun. I want to make it work in arena with the limited amount of discard that's there. So I built a mono black discard deck that also has some um, skeletons and zombies in it. So there's, you know. Callus Dismissal and a few other things that amass and I have Death Barons in there to give them Death Touch and kind of pump them up. But then it's 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 Duress, it's uh, God, is it Toll of the Invasion? The one where they sacrifice a creature and I don't know, it's, it's a bunch of discard and sacrifice stuff and that was pretty fun. Uh, it, it definitely f- got people to rage quit on me as I was just forcing them to pitch a bunch of stuff out of their hands. So I that was fun. I built a mono green aggro deck because uh, I realized, oh, I don't have one of these, but it's your standard, you know, Pelt Collectors, Nullhide, Ferox, God, what else? Steel Leaf Champion and and a bunch of ramp, bland, cheap stuff like Blanchwood Armor for when the Pelt Collectors get trampled, uh, things like that. So Arboreal just, Grazer, my favorite creature. You running one of those? No, I don't have him in that, uh, but I do have him in a... I do have him in, in something else. What was it? I think like a Simic Stompy build that I have a few Nissas uh, in as well. But but yeah, so he's in that one. Um, and then what else have I done? Oh, the season started over today, June June 30th. So I got my one booster pack and like my 50 coins because I only played up to silver <laughs> uh, last season. So not much to speak of there, but I started, the, started playing the new season um, just to kind of futz around on it today and saw some actually some pretty interesting things i ran into one mono red and then just a bunch of like i ran into one that i thought you know there was it was esper basilica bell haunt came out early but then there was like lumbering battlements and all these things i wasn't expecting at all so that was pretty fun to play against he he beat me i don't remember what deck i was playing that might have been the mono green deck or maybe my Sultai explorer i don't know whatever so it was refreshing to see stuff other than like esper hero mono red mono blue aggro whatever so that was that was nice but that's basically what i've been up to kind of studying like teach said getting ready for the pre-release even though i feel like we literally just did this for modern horizons <laughs> um you guys already touched on that it's, it's kind of like magic overload right now but i'm i'm still excited for next weekend looking forward to uh to getting to play after after uh course that comes out we are on our way to commander christmas in august so that's really got me excited i can't wait for I, I would like a little bit of a break, but I'm really excited for those spoilers to start um, leaking as well to see what kind of what kind of commanders we're gonna get and you know what those decks are gonna end up looking like. I I enjoyed playing with um, Lord Windgrace above and you know far and away my favorite from last year. I did like Estrid as well. Honestly, I did not play Sahili or oh my god, I can't think of her name Aminatu enough to really get a feel for them. So I have to go back and play those decks some more. But I, I, I did like Windgrace a lot. I modified that deck and made it into just a really fun John land destruction. Did not modify Estrid, but she was a lot of fun because I don't play heavy enchantments. But yeah, looking forward to see how it changes this year and and what we've got coming. And that's that's about it. I haven't played any Paper Magic since we drafted on Horizons pre-release weekend and wow. Yeah, that was that was it. So it's it's been a while since I got to play some Paper Magic. I do have to say I was very impressed. We were going to 
a family get together for lunch today and Sarah and I, my wife and I were talking in the car and she, I was saying something about magic and being excited to record with you guys today. Cause it's been a little while. And she was asking me some legitimate questions about the game. And it was really nice that she actually seemed like genuinely curious about it. So it was fun to kind of explain things about the game to, you know, someone who doesn't really know the game or play the game or honestly give two shits about the game so it was it was fun to pretend for those 20 minutes that um you know i might be able to convince her to play once (laughs) so so that was great but like we said uh the other things we want to talk about tonight uh you know before we get into actually talking about core sets and specifically core set 2020 you know we've we've mentioned spoilers you know a little bit here but one of the points you guys brought up as we were kind of prepping for this show uh, specifically this week is that there were boy, I think in uh, what set was it Chanel that you said, was it Ravnica allegiance or was it war of the spark or maybe even guilds? I I know there was one card specifically that you said you had seen spoiled and whoever it was did a really good job on, on making it fake. And I know Tej, you, you had mentioned one specifically modern horizons. And the thing is it, it looked convincing until you actually looked at, like the bottom line where it said uncommon and had a rare mana or a rare set symbol and that's what bothered me is that I didn't notice such an obvious fake but I thought it was a legitimate <laughs> card when I saw it and just like ah but with with how early spoilers are now coming out and the amount of stuff I can't go over every single card with a fine-tooth comb. So there's stuff that it's just like, okay, this looks cool, and then moving on, and then I kind of forget about it. And I have probably 10,000 photos and downloads and other crap on my phone, and I was going through just trying to, like, get rid of stuff. And that's when I came across uh, one of these cards that I had saved from the last round of spoilers, and I realized, no, this card never came out. It did. It does not exist. I was... I was bamboozled by the internet. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I mean, it seems, you know, there's always some that are really stupid and bad and, and look like garbage. But yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, right. It was interesting, though. Did you guys see the, uh, <laughs> and this was like one of those, you know, it was like the grainy uh, Bigfoot footage of magic spoilers. But um, somebody had made a Tarmogoyf <laughs> in yeah. 2020. Did you see that one? Yeah. yeah and that. several several guys at the store went, hey, did you see Goyfs getting reprinted? And I'm like, they're, no, they're, it's not. Not in a corset. No. Well, and I think Stop. it was like uh, maybe in the Magic the Gathering Rocks My World Facebook group. I forget which one, but there were a ton of people shitting themselves like, oh, my God, corset 2020 is broken. Tarmogoyf's coming back. Like, no, it's it's it's, it's not. Yeah. Calm, calm <laughs> just, down. Just just settle down. It's it's not coming back. Even if it was, it's okay. <laughs> it dies okay. to removal. It does. It does <laughs> die to removal. <laughs> I had the uh, I had the same thing happen to me for War of the Spark, and I pulled it up right here. I saw this card, and maybe it was a meme, and I just wasn't aware of it. Uh, or maybe someone was trying to be legitimately sneaky with it, but they got me. So the card is called Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, it's yes. A sorcery. Yes, I remember uh, that. It is a sorcery. It costs uh, two mana, uh, but both mana are hybrid, black and green. So either two black, two green, or one of each. Uh, and it says... Revenge of the Fallen deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of creature cards and planeswalker cards in your graveyard. The the set symbol was uncommon. The little thing on the bottom had the U, so that was legit. Uh, had this had the correct set symbol on it. Number two twelve out of two sixty four. Blah blah blah. But here's the part that really caught my attention, uh, and here's the part that I got really super excited about, because uh, at the time. War of the Spark, we were gearing up the war between all the Planeswalkers and Nicol Bolas, and there will be casualties. Who will live and who will die? The flavor text of this card says, the return of the uh, the return of the Agrium gave Sorin and Vivian a second chance to take revenge. Uh, the Agrium being like the ghost council of Orzov. And the artwork depicts some sort of druid pointing out towards what allegedly is the battle and a ghost Soren and a ghost Vivian behind him getting ready to run into battle. And I thought, oh my God, that is so cool. 
what a cool part of the story where planeswalkers are going to die, but they're going to make deals with the Orzov so their ghosts can continue fighting. So we might get casualties, but they might not necessarily be out of the battle yet. This is straight out of Lord of the Rings. How cool <laughs> is this going to be? And I thought that was legit up until Those the full... were fulfilled. Sorry. <laughs> right? Up until the full set was revealed... Uh, and at the time, we heard the like the only deaths were Gideon, Dak Faden, and I think that was it. Uh, so I'm I'm quickly scrolling through. Uh, I don't think see, we like, knew Dak Faden died until uh, the book came out. He died in the trailer. Well, okay, but then Wizards went. The the trailer's not canon. Oh, did they? Oh, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, they, yeah, they after did. yeah they they pulled a double fake on that where it was we'll, we'll oh, show okay. Dak die. And then we'll back it up, and then we won't show him die. And then they said, this is not how the story goes. This is just a really cool video we made. Gotcha. I missed that part. Uh, but anyway, I'm scrolling through because I want to see, like, how did Soren die? Did Nahiri get him finally? Is that how he went? <laughs> not my boy. That's not how my boy goes so down. I'm scrolling through, and I don't see this card anywhere. So I pull it back up on my phone. 212 out of 264 and i go back and 212 is some other bullshit card (laughs) and i was like oh they got me some butthole made a really convincing fake card and he got me well the the first time i saw that card if you thought right away that that was a druid in the front you're you're even better than me because when i saw that card's you know fake spoiled or whatever i looked at it and i thought holy crap is that like a zombie jace because the way he's cloaked and his eyes glow and he's leading, you know, other planeswalkers. I was like, okay, so if this is real, does Jace die? But, you know, and again, is it something to do with the Orzhov? Or is it Liliana being a necromancer uh, and doing something with, you know, how does how does Jace come back? But as I'm looking at the card again, it's like, well, he's kind of like a pirate druid in this picture. So that's he, definitely not <laughs> Jace. I lo- but. Yeah, I looked at that and I saw Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, right. Oh, that that too. Yeah, but I don't definitely. think Deathrite Shaman has horns. I'm sorry, antlers. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, the call one, the one that got, are. the one that got me is drop the sword for one white and one, or, uh, for one and one white instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a white card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Exile target creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. Which I legitimately thought, like, oh, okay, that that just makes sense with the other cycle of. Uh, you know, the the uh, free cards if it's not your turn, which yeah. we now know are the forces, but this was at the very early stages, and it's card 38 out of 254, which, as we all know for Modern Horizons, card 38 out of 254 is Wing Shards, the uh, storm, storm <laughs> oh, card of course. that Obviously. kills, yeah, makes players sacrifice attacking creatures. But the art was like a generic elf-looking guy holding a sword that seems to be like turning to energy or something the card itself the ability made made sense it didn't seem overpowered it was a way for them to bring um swords to plowshares kinda into modern and i went oh okay that's 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 a solid that's a solid card that'll see play but it won't see play because it's not real because <laughs> it's, it's not even true everything i know is a lie and now i'm super paranoid of the internet all it took was a fake magic card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like counterfeit money. Like there's always one where you're just like, wait a minute, is that real? <laughs> I've never <laughs> had a hundred dollar bill before. This has gotta be fake. <laughs> they wouldn't put Ben Franklin on shit. <laughs> yeah, that dude wasn't even a president. He was like some buddy to the French, I think. <laughs> and the he guy so invented kites. Uh, and syphilis. Yeah, he invented syphilis, too, I believe. Syphilis and kites. <laughs> so at least he did something. <laughs> Literally. Or knives. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It, it never fails. Every time that there's a new crop of spoilers, there's always you know one or two where you really have to look. And whether it's a brand new card or a card, you know, not to... Uh, keep ripping on the people who who thought Goyf was actually coming back, but you know, a card that hasn't been reprinted in a while, honest to God, the first time here's our transition into talking about corset 2020. The first time I saw Leyline of the void spoiled, I thought, no, (laughs) they're not reprinting the Leyline. Yeah. That's, you know, just (laughs) overpowered stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. Right. 
So I guess that kind of uh, uh, brings me into the next question I wanted to uh, kind of raise with you guys and kind of kind of get your thoughts on. So corsets used to be a thing really consistently. Then Wizards said they weren't going to do them anymore for a while or you know however long, and now they brought them back and uh, they're back in rotation yeah. and, they're, or, and they're doing it again. So was supposed to be the last one because the sales, I guess, were not there with the way that they were designing the sets. So they yep. gave up on them. So what do you guys think? Corsets are they are they important? Should they should they be a a regular a regular thing? I think that corsets are good uh, for the most part. They they are they are tuned down uh, intentionally because the idea is we want to get new people in. Uh, if we're going to introduce someone to the game, a corset's the way to go because it's going to have the simplest mechanics. Uh, everything should be really easy to understand. I think uh, I think this struggles on two counts, though. I think uh, I think back in the day, corsets were not an every year thing, right? They were like an every other year thing. Uh, that is a good correctly. question. Because I think um. they had, I think they had, uh, like large set. Uh, this is back like when they had large set and then small set, small set. And I think the rotation was whatever the current core set was, and then the two most complete uh, large sets and their small sets, and then the one large, like the most recent large set. And as soon as the first small set came out, the oldest one left rotation. But the core set was always in there up until the next core set came out. And then the old yeah. core set, like eighth edition, was gone, and ninth was in. The ninth, but ninth came, yeah. was in, but ninth was in for like a couple years. Well, I thought and there was always like a month of overlap between the core sets, where you had both, and then they went out because it wasn't. That, I thought at one point it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't always just based on releases, but yeah, that could be. I'm on, I'm on the I'm on the wikis right now trying to because I don't remember dates. Uh, yeah, that could be too. For, so. As far as as far as having like like rotation goes, having a corset be in rotation for two years and while everything else is only in rotation for one year, I can see how that can kind of be confusing. But on the other hand, another thing that the corsets have been doing for a long time now is they're not all reprints like they used to be. Corsets now have new cards in them. So they're a combination of reprints and new cards, and I think uh, uh, I think there are now more new cards than reprints, and I also kind of think that that's not a good idea either. With, there's always there's always old cards that need to be reprinted, and there's always things that should be in standard. Uh, I shouldn't say should be, but there are always things people <laughs> want to be in standard. Um, yeah, and the core sets are the way to go for those much wanted reprints. But having, and the downside to that is experienced players aren't going to want to buy a set that's just pure reprints if most of the reprints are going to be garbage. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, push and pull here. There's the, you got to find that right balance. And I'm not convinced that the balance has been found yet, but I do think that uh, uh, the core sets do more good than harm, and I'm happy to see it there. Yeah, I agree. I'm just going to get this in real quick. So I found a little blurb here. So I uh, just back um, as far as like uh, how they were released in the past. So it says uh, core sets were released at varying intervals. Fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh edition were scheduled erratically, followed by biannual releases through Magic 2010. And then from 2011 until Origins, they occupied an annual summer product slot. Okay. So core sets then were discontinued after Origins in 2015, like Schnell said, but were reintroduced in 2018. Uh, like the sets from 2010 to Origins, these sets contain a mix of new and reprinted cards, like you just said, Tej. Uh, however, they are geared primarily toward incoming players. They have a strong integration with the new Welcome decks, Planeswalker decks, and Deck Builders Toolkit, allowing for an easier transition between the products. These core sets do go through exploratory and vision design like other sets. So I guess what I think of when I think of core sets, and this is actually part of the conversation I was having with my wife this morning when we were talking about what's coming up uh, next week, is that... You do have the uh, best you know, pillow talk, by the way. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um, it's uh, it's important for, you know, it's kind of their, I don't want to say dumbing down, but um, it, it's, it's not as complex as some expansions are as far as card interactions. And one of the things, like... 
specifically when they print mechanics on cards, uh, you know, trample or flying or whatever, they'll explain what that is on the card. So it's a good it's a good way to be like the gateway drug, if you will, or the gateway set um, into the game because it's not going to be as complex as as some of the other things. That, you know, you don't want you don't want to go get a bunch of mirage and start somebody off with phasing, you know, or or go <laughs> way back to banding and start somebody off with banding, especially since neither yeah. of those mechanics are in use anymore, really. And that was a was terrible say, example, but <laughs> you say you say start off as as though we still use those today. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a terrible example. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you I'm don't want to get I mean. you caught up on magic today. Starting at the <laughs> goddamn <Bandy>. beginning. How <laughs> much money do you have? We're going to pick up some packs of alpha and we're going to do this right. <laughs> <laughs> Please or open we these packs while we're in gloves. Core 20, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean I I like I like the fact that they're um they are a way to get some reprints back in. Uh, it's interesting to see specifically like in this set, uh, the ley lines be reprinted. But I also like some of the some of the new stuff that they try to do. So one of the things that Tej and I were talking about earlier, uh, what we were waiting for Chanel to jump on is uh, in in Corset 2020 specifically, there is a new uh, I don't want to say uh, set or tribe. Um, what's the what's the word I want, Tej? You know, like the Titans. What would you call those? Cycle. Cycle. Thank you. Those My God. Cycles. Yes, the cycle. So in in 2020, there's the Cavaliers. You know, and they're kind of like Titan Light, uh, if you ask me. Um, the one that I'm looking most forward to, for example, is Cavalier of Night. It's a it's a four five lifelink for two generic and three black mana. When it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another creature. When you uh, uh, when you do destroy target creature and opponent controls and then when cavalier of night dies return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield so there's a cavalier for each color and each one of them has an enters the battlefield trigger and they also have a when they die trigger so um you know and it's kind of like the titan cycle or gosh what else, what other what other like main cycles have come through course that's i can't even think of anything right now maybe that's the only maybe that's the major one um, uh yeah that's that that, like because they came out with the titans in like what m m10 i think 11, and they've, 11. they've re- m11 okay but they've they've reprinted 10? the titans a bunch of times so yeah oh yeah yes. yeah they've been reprinted that's their, a ton. That's their but main then, thing i do like when they do goofy goofy cycles like that because i loved the mares from oh uh, yeah the mares yeah yeah the, the, mares. the last corset uh, yep corset so now year. we have the cavaliers and then for M2021, we will get guys riding on the shoulders of knights because we just have to keep <laughs> ah, building. Yes. Or maybe Stacking we'll get them su- up. Su- actually, what would be cool, uh, an equipment cycle that's suits of armor for the knights who are riding the mares. There you go. Yeah. God, we need to get yeah. you an R&D, man. Gonna, <laughs> I want to go back in uh, uh, Lilliput's. What? Lilliput, Gulliver's Travels. Guy. Oh god! Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say from Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lilliputians. Yeah, the Lilliputians. Yeah. yeah, and the other, another thing, you know, so there's the Cavaliers, the set, and then it's just it's a cycle cool of too. Jack Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with Sorry, that. Sorry, that's yeah. No, that's good. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the red Jack Black is just all pissed off, and uh, anyway, um, yeah, the no. Blue so Jack there's Black also is another thing that they're doing. <laughs> No, 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 no. We have like Jack, Jack White, and Jack Blue. Oh my God! Jack Green and Jack. Wait for it. And no, Jack Charcoal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, except Jack. Yeah, but Jack White's already a dude with an ambiguous relationship to either his sister or his wife. (laughs) Uh, They're called sister wives. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's true. It's a TV Jack- show. Yeah, I don't even know. No, yeah, My mom Jack White. Jack White is a <laughs> is a guy. What was I gonna say before? Oh yeah, no. So in addition to the Cavaliers, I thought it was cool. In in this, uh, this kind of goes into how you know they're they're getting new players in and kind of teaching them. You know, I don't want to say the ropes because. It, it's not how you play the game, but it's it's a tribal in a sense where so we got new legendaries, um, sing, uh, single color legendaries, and like you know, white gets an angel, blue gets a sphinx, black gets a demon, red gets a dragon, and green gets a freaking awesome hydra. So, you know, I, I like 
that aspect of corsets. But I I think, and I I know that you know they don't fluctuate price you know per booster packs uh, between sets unless they're you know Modern Horizons or Masters or like a special release set. But I would almost yeah, say that the premium cor- the, the right the corsets could almost be priced even if it's like fifty cents cheaper. You know, I mean just to. Because uh, I actually had a similar thought. If they're actually designed to get new players in, cheaper prices or uh, like you know do do one of those like okay, well instead of bundles or full booster boxes, we have half half packs, like half booster pack sized pre uh, you know pre packaged containers, so that you don't have to spend the full hundred to hundred and forty or whatever imaginary MSRP is going to be now. But, you know, have a $50 box set with just a ton of boosters and some promotional material. Right, exactly. And that's, I mean, if they're gearing these these core sets at the the new player, it's the introductory set, if you will. Uh, you know, with some some cool reprints, like, again, you know, we're getting ley lines back. Uh, three reprints and two new ones. Um, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I mean, welcome decks are, are free, Um if, you know, at stores, if you want to teach a player right off the street, you can come in. Stores have welcome decks, and, and... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Should I not have set off the I'm, street. No, I'm no, I'm laughing because because not like again, my business is called the game dealer. But anytime people walk by the front door, and I know they're clearly not interested in gaming because it's usually like little old ladies going to the nail salon down the road. I always just go, what's up, old lady? You want to play some games? Like every <laughs> single time. Come on and in. It's never, and it's never worked, but that's what I pictured. Hey, kids, you want to play some magic? Come on <laughs> in. Come on in. And I, Water's more. And I, and I just thought of all those times Chanel goes to the local school and teaches inner city kids how to play magic. <laughs> <laughs> the inner city of two rivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting about this corset specifically is that we are getting um, monocolored artifacts too. You don't see colored artifacts often. I did think that was unusual in a corset. And there's a we get a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green. Um, you know, uh, artifacts. So yeah, all the colors. I'm I really like Again, that wolf those are cycles. Thank you. A cycle. <laughs> <laughs> someday I'll get it. <laughs> um, I really like the green the the wolf rider saddle i think that was yeah cool that thing that thing i like the design on that one yeah so just for people who are unfamiliar it's uh three generic and a green when wolf rider saddle enters the battlefield create a two two green wolf creature token then attach wolf rider saddle to it equip creature gets plus one plus one and can't be blocked by more than one creature so uh, it also has an equip, equip cost of three. So for four land, uh, you're getting a three three wolf that can't be blocked by more than one creature, which is pretty cool. And then obviously it's usable. Uh, you, you know you can move it, or if that creature dies, then you can just equip it to something else later. So I I really liked uh, I really liked that one. I like the flavor because you're getting a wolf saddle and it comes with a wolf. But then it becomes a flavor fail when that wolf dies and you have to slap the saddle on something else. Like <laughs> While you're just sobbing, sort of putting soldier. it on a mare. <laughs> or a god. Or a druid. <laughs> or an elf. <laughs> something you normally wouldn't ride. <laughs> well, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Um, I do I, like... I, do, uh, I was going to say, I don't, I don't understand, but I do like the just... Ob- obsession with Chandra that this set has. Oh my god, there's four of them, including because the Planeswalker Because not only did Chandra. we get, yeah, 40, 45 Chandra Planeswalkers, but also Chandra's Regulator, the legendary artifact that when you get it in your sealed pool for the pre-release, you are going to be pissed off because whenever you activate a loyalty right. ability of a Chandra Planeswalker... <laughs> You don't get to do crap because you didn't pull Chandra Planeswalker. <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that rare slot being taken up. I was excited for the uh, three Chandras that we first got when I assumed that those were going to be the only Planeswalkers we were going to get in the set. Because I like the idea of we just came from 36 Planeswalkers in the set. Now we're going to dial back on the Planeswalkers for a while. But here is one character... That would- and here's their progression. That would have been cool. Yeah. But yeah, there's still one for every single color, which I, I get there kind of has to be in R&D's mind because we have to complete every cycle. 
But I mean, going forward, when uh, when we go to new, what I'm assuming is new Viking world in fall, uh, I still think it's Kaldheim. Uh, it could be. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we get like the 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 Viking planeswalker. Uh, I still think we're going to see Garuk. I so, hope so. I, I want to see Garuk with his with his helmet and just like stabbed yes. through the inside of the helmet out now is like sweet new Viking horns. Even though it's not historically accurate, yes. some of you nerds are going to bitch, but I don't care. That's how we identify Vikings in our society. Or, it's true. Or, or maybe he lost an eye. Maybe he's the Odin now. Maybe he's the Allfather. Oh my god, that'd be badass. Wouldn't that, that be would be cool? awesome. Garuk Allfather, and he's yes. become like green, <laughs> green, black, red. That would be cool. Uh... Somebody call that's, Mark Rosewater. It's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not fall yet. We've um, got time. <laughs> but anyway, no. Let, let's just use Garuk as an example. What if what if Kaldheim gives us an uncommon Garuk where his spark just ignited, and then a rare one where it saw him getting uh, uh, tainted by stupid Liliana in the chain veil, and then now the <laughs> mythic rare one where he's Garuk Allfather. Yeah. That would be that would be an awesome cycle of Garuks. <laughs> yes. One thing, another thing that I actually really liked as we're talking about this and I'm looking through the cards in this set is they don't always take risks uh, with core sets like they do in other sets or like get what I would say like, you know, super creative. Um, part of that owed to the fact that there's a lot of reprints and other part of that owed to the fact that this is, um, you know, geared towards more entry level uh, for, for new players uh, so as to make the game a little bit easier for them. But I, I got to say there's some stuff in, in this set that really has you know makes some cool some cool things that i haven't seen before you know in magic and especially in in core sets so i'm I'm thinking specifically uh of embodiment of agonies uh we talked about this all three of us together in our in our group chat before but uh it's a zero zero demon with flying and death touch for a generic and two black and embodiment of agonies enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each different mana cost among non-land cards in your graveyard so for example if you've got a card that costs uh, two generic and a black and a card that costs one generic and two black those are considered different mana costs so it's not just cmc which is cool right exactly so this is a a cool way to you know i i can't think of any other card in the game that is printed like that you know there's a lot of um you know cmc three or less or cmc four or more or or whatever but this actually specifically looks at each individual casting cost and how many unique ones you have and gives gives counters based on that so i just thought that that was that was really cool and not something that i would expect from uh, a core set specifically so i'm really plus i just think that card's awesome <laughs> to begin yeah. with so i'm i'm really excited and even even my even uh, my beautiful really new excited. sphinx only goes off of uh cmc yeah that's true he he does uh what's his name attempsis i think uh attempsis yeah yeah and then the ugly, ugly art Soren, uh, I'm really excited for too. Um, <laughs> he's so pale. He's like he's like King Theoden. Um, still, vampire, still possessed. Get a UV uh, or two. Yeah, right. I was exactly. I was actually going I was actually going through art, and one of my comments that I I was going to keep to myself because I'm like, ah, eh, it's petty and stupid. But can we standardize? the like models that they use for these planeswalkers because we have one character represented like four times with chandra and every one looks like a different character entirely it's like oh no they're wearing the same clothes yeah maybe it's some conspiracy that like the reason why we have so many chandras is because there's four different girls who found the wardrobe and they're all like i get to be chandra today and it's you know sisterhood of the traveling chainmail. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's the goggles yeah the goggles give chandra, you the power of chandra chandra like 007 is not a name it's a rank it's a <laughs> that's uh right that's interesting whoever yes, whoever wears these goggles if she be angsty is shall chandra. have all the powers <laughs> if she be angsty <laughs> Chandra's not angsty. She's whiny. There's a difference. Oh, okay. I like Chandra as a character, but she's she's one of the ones where they weren't consistent when they first made her. Yeah, that's true. 
Very true. Actually. It almost looks it almost looks like the uh the acolyte and the novice where she like she starts out young and plucky and they tried to depict that like a little bit too much in the art and made her look completely different. Chandra Awakened Inferno, it's yeah. hard to like identify like it, you can't you can't really complain because she's on fire and that's her thing. But then you get to Chandra's Flames Fury and she legitimately looks like Liliana's, like Liliana's face, but like hair on fire. Okay, so uh, I gotta find them here. So, did anyone read the Chandra Planeswalker book? Uh, no, I have not read that. Okay. Did they print a physical copy? Yes. Hmm. I have it then if I, anyone wants to. Then I have no excuse. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, borrow it. They they did the Jace book. I really like the Jace book, honestly. And then after the Jace book, they did the Chandra book. And after the Chandra book, I think they were supposed to do a Garuk book, which they pulled <laughs> for some reason. Garuk book? I like that. Um, I was going to say it was like cookbook with Garuk. <laughs> Chandra. So the Chandra, the Chandra book, I only read it the once, so I'm not really spoiling it any anyway. But basically the plot, like it begins with Chandra fighting Jace for a scroll, but they don't know who each other is yet. Um, and then she gets the scroll and then she escapes and then she meets up with Gideon at some point. Uh, and she tries to be a strong, independent woman. Uh, but she's also secretly attracted to Gideon. And it's weird because Chandra Awakened Inferno is the Chandra from the book. But Chandra Acolyte of Flame is the one we got in War of the Spark. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so... Corsets. I think we've all kind of come to the consensus. I would say that uh, they they do serve a purpose, and uh, they're good. They're good at some things, and maybe not so good at others. Uh, do they need to be an annual product? Maybe not. But but they serve a purpose, and and they're fun. And it's I, it's it's good to see them take risks like they are this year. I think the corsets are an opportunity for wizards to co- kind of show their work on the whole development process of magic, because. It used to be there were only corsets. Like, that's how the game started out, as True. a corset. And then they eventually went into expansions and stuff like that. And they've they've drastically changed how corsets are introduced, how corsets function within the framework of a collectible card game. And then they did away with that entirely and then decided that that wasn't correct. And then they came back to it, and now they're redoing it again. And it's it's like the little... it's It's the notes in the margin of the game, I would say. Like that's that's how I interpret corsets nowadays. It's hey, you can like kind of see what's going on by looking at the corset and how they're how they're used, how they're created, what they do with them. Uh, if you want to just jump into the game, play the regular expansions. But if you want to get caught up, that's that's the purpose of the corsets. It's okay. Well, I can see what the hell's going on in generic terms and kind of follow this progression without having to know anything else especially coming off of the last standard set being War of the Spark, where if you're new to the game, you have a drastically different idea of what magic is based on Core of the, uh, uh, core of the Spark, War of the Spark, <laughs> compared to Core 2020. No, that's a really good point. See, I, I completely agree with you there. Especially if you're coming in uh, and War of the Spark is your first set, you really don't understand the um, years of development that went into that story and that set. And all the mechanics and and everything well, that even was going just on. a planeswalker per pack if that's your first experience and you get so used to it and then you go to corset and you're just like well i didn't even get a planeswalker in this pack yeah, sir that's, right? that's when true I was your too. age yeah. planeswalkers were just the people sitting across from you right planeswalkers weren't cards <laughs> they were your opponents and you <laughs> planeswalkers are people as he's running down the street <laughs> thank you charlton heston yes <laughs> Oh, man. What about you, Tej? Anything else you want to say um, about core sets in closing here before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I think I said everything I needed to say. Well, that's excellent. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't need to bore you guys with anything anymore. On a side note here, since I mentioned this earlier, and, you know, once core set's done, we are well on our way to Commander Christmas. Uh, you guys excited for that? I am a little bit. Sure. <laughs> that wasn't really the reaction I thought I was going to get. I'm really excited. Sorry, we can, sorry. We can, I just we can talk more about that. That's a true. Different episode. That's true. I'm just really anxious, I, and it's pathetic because Corset hasn't even gotten here yet, and I'm already going. Ooh, when is yeah. Commander getting? 
Yeah, see, and I have no tell me tell me one thing about the new commander set. And then I'll I'll have a more definitive response to you. Yeah, touche. Very good point. Uh, maybe I'll even just edit that out because yeah, that it's was like, hey, that was terrible. Uh, what do you what do you what do, what do you think about your birthday present six years from now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm cutting that. I'm cutting that. You didn't fucking like freak out on me like I can't believe you got me this. Jokes on you. We've <laughs> grown up, we've grown you apart were by then. Expecting Nelson. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> you could see see through time. So TG, you're uh you're done. That sounds that sounds good. Schnell, you yep. anything else you want to uh you want to say? Uh, I've been as profound as I can be. Agreed. Uh, you know what? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say me too rather than to insult you right there, but I think I'm gonna keep that inadvertent insult in there because that was that was too good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note that's our show for this week so thank you guys for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe and don't forget to tell a friend they can find us on itunes google play stitcher podbean iHeartRadio, and anywhere you consume your podcasts check out our social channels at homebrew magic on instagram and facebook and remember kids don't drink and scry